Just to recap a little bit from last week, we talk about Joseph's life. You know, we call him Joey, give him a nickname Joey because it's a nickname for Joseph. And we were studying about Joseph's life. And what we spoke about is that Joseph uh, had to allow process to shape him, the vicissitudes of life or the current changes of life to the negative, allowed that to change him, to shape him, uh, instead of uh, many people, when they go through those vicissitudes of life, become hardened, become bitter, become oppressed, become hopeless, become paralyzed. And we're going to go through some examples today, and I pray that as we do so, God is going to teach you, encourage you, comfort you, strengthen you, because I don't want you to ever leave this place the same ever again, ever in this church. When you walk out of this place, my heart desire is that, is that you have heard from the Lord. You know, I'll be speaking here with my words, but you know how the Spirit, Holy Spirit works is that while I'm speaking, He will also be speaking to you in your heart. Some of those are from the words that I say, but some are from the, from the words that I didn't say. It's that the Holy Spirit will just speak into your hearts. And so I just ask that you have an open heart and open mind. So uh, this week we're going to continue. So last week we said that, you know, Joseph was a very special child, you know, and he was a child nonetheless, very, very naive, very immature, and so always speak his mind. And uh, so now, we, today, we're going to talk about the processes or processes that he had to go through, uh, that God had to put him through. And remember, we talk about James, you know, last week he said, count it all joy when you face diverse trials in your life because those trials will build steadfastness. And when steadfastness is incomplete, you will be perfect and wanting nothing. And God wants to build you up to the place where you can catch a hold of your destiny. Many believers, they run away from those, from those process. So here it is, you know, in, 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 in Genesis, we learned that Joseph experienced three major betrayals in his life. Betrayals. Betrayals from his family, his flesh and blood. The people supposed that were supposed to be looking out for him. He was being betrayed by them. Uh, they sold him to become a slave. They, they, one day he was a special child. One day he was so special with a special coat. The next day, Joseph was being so. I just want you to imagine the sense of betrayal that was experienced by Joseph. How he must have felt. You know, can you imagine your brothers or your sisters sold you off? Sew you off, and so now you are all stripped naked. You know, I don't know if some of you watch some of those older movies, you know, like Gladiator, whatever. When you're being sold off as a slave, they treat you like an animal. I can just imagine the, the thought that goes through Joseph's mind, how he was so angry. How dare you, my brothers, that you sold me off. How dare you, you are supposed to be my flesh and blood, and now you sold me off to become slave in a foreign land. How dare you? I can just imagine his anger. I can imagine how angry he was at his family. How could you do such a thing like that? I trusted you with my life. I came and looked out for you because dad told me to come look out for you. And here 
here you are, sold me off. In fact, even talk about killing me and betraying me. I can just imagine the pain, the anger, and wondering and question why even God would allow this to even happen. God, why are you letting this happen to my life? A lot of people are going through that process. I can just imagine the sadness he must have felt, the loneliness he must have felt. One day he was a special child. The next day he was nothing but trash. I wonder how he must have felt. I know sitting in this room, many of you have been betrayed by the people that are supposed to protect you. You've been betrayed by people that you could trust with your life. I know sitting here in this place, there are many people that have been betrayed in your marriage. Some people have your wife walked out on you. Some people have your husband walked out on you. You feel absolutely betrayed. Some of you were betrayed when you were young as a child. You know, mom and dad are supposed to be the one who protect, who's supposed to protect you and and you got abused sexually and otherwise and physically. You were abused. You were abused verbally. These are the people supposed to protect you. These are the people that you're supposed to trust. This is the people you're supposed to rely your life on. And yet, not only did they not protect you, not only did they not uh, 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 protect the sacred touch, they violated you. They violated their trust. And they caused you to be in such a place that you could trust absolutely no one. It's a hard place to be when you're betrayed by your loved ones. It's a very hard place to be. I have wept with so many who have been betrayed by their spouse. I have wept with so many in my experience of counseling and also listening to testimonies in this house. Many people have been abused by their parents, step-parents. A number of years ago, when the church was just really tiny, there was a man, you know, he was struggling with, with uh, his uh, sexual orientation, whatever. And, you know, my job is not to convert people because I can't convert people. Are you here this morning? It's the Holy Spirit job. My job is to love people. And the Holy Spirit will do His job. Do you trust the Holy Spirit? You're so quiet this morning. Do you trust the Holy Spirit? Then don't convert people. He will do His work. The last time I checked, He hasn't given up on His job yet. He's so quiet. So we were counseling and came to find out that he was, when he was a child, you know, he dad, his dad had businesses or whatever, and he's from another country, and in that country they have businesses that, you know, they, they hire workers or whatever. And he was being constantly sexually abused by his parents or his dad's workers. And he, his father knew about it, and he didn't do anything about it. And then, of course, the, the uncles, the father's brothers, also got involved. He was a broken man. How could you judge a broken man? A lot of us religious people will stand back and say, Oh, you know, this is wrong, that is wrong. Oh, how could you do that? This is so evil, and you curse them. But the father's heart is broken for those that have been taken advantage of. You cannot judge anyone unless you walk a day in their shoes. Are you here this morning? 
But it is the Father's heart not to leave people the place they're at. The place of betrayal. If you have been in the place of betrayal, it is the Father's heart to heal you. To restore you. So that you can be whole again. But you've got to let him. You have to let him heal you. You have to let him restore you. Don't run away from the love of the Father. You were right to run away from religion, and if you haven't, you should. You should run away from religion because they're full of condemnation and judgment. But the Father this morning, His heart is weeping for those who weep. He doesn't see a failure when He sees you who had been taken advantage of. He sees you as his son, his daughter. You know, every time I see my children, they make mistakes. I, you know, I, 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 momentarily I got this emotional things like, what's wrong with them? You know, again. And the father always remind me, give them grace. You know, I'm in the generation, grew up in a generation, and many of us, you, you who are growing up, you know, I'm 27, if you, in case you haven't noticed. I grew up in a generation. No, I'm not. I, I look like 27. That's why I think I believe that I look like 27. Anyways. So, you know, I, I grew up in a generation where, where spanking, yelling, forced food treatment, it, it was a very normal thing. And, and I'm not knocking that, you know, you, my mom is sitting here, so I can't say anything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She did a wonderful job, didn't she? Did she? She did a wonderful job, yeah. But I had, to, I had to suffer greatly, you know. I wouldn't even get into the details lest she get arrested by children's aid or whatever. No, you know. But, you know, um, uh, but, but we, so in, in that culture, it's, all, it's very militant, if you know what I mean. And it's all just loud and harsh and painful. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> Loud, harsh, and painful. Oh, the Father has given us the new revelation in this generation that we should walk in grace and we should depend on the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I pray every day when I pray for my children? Do you know what I pray? This is what I say. God, I haven't got a clue. I don't know how to raise my boy. I don't know how to raise my girl. I haven't got a clue. You have to teach me and help me. You got to teach them and help them. When they make mistakes, I don't get angry and mad, maybe momentarily for a few seconds. But how can you stay mad at your own flesh and blood? And this is what the Father in heaven is wanting to tell. So those of you who have been betrayed by your family, that he's not mad at you. I think somebody needs to hear this this morning. That he's not mad at you. Yes, you made some foolish mistakes. Yes, you have made some dumb, dumb mistakes. But he is not mad at you. He is so proud of you that you have, you have kept going with everything you knew. This is what you can do. You can allow the betrayal to destroy your life. You can allow the betrayal 
to ruin you and paralyze you. Do you realize, thank you, didn't want to be that dramatic to cry and all, you know, but just can't help it. Do you realize that every trial, every betrayal that you experience, you can utilize it to shape you or you can allow it to harden you? I say one more time that you can hear it. Every trials and every challenges, especially in our case now, betrayal, you can use it as a means because God wants to use it as a means to shape you. You're going to learn from Joseph. Or you allow it to harden you. How do you know that the, the trials and the betrayal have been used to shape you, successfully shaped you? It's Examine your hearts if you are still tender when you come out on the other side instead of hardened. We'll talk more about that. I wonder if we've ever been cheated, stolen from gossip, not only by our family, but from church family, church household. There's a, I often say this to people. They say, I don't want to go to church because it's very hurtful. And they are right. And to quite an extent, it's true. But the reason it's hurtful is because there is love. Do you realize love, when there's love, there's hurt? If you don't want to ever get hurt, go to watch a movie like an Avenger in a cinema. You go in, you, watch, you do your thing, and you leave. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of churches are. Many people come to bigger churches... To avoid people. And I understand why. Because it's painful. It sucks to be around people sometimes because they just don't live up to your expectation. They, they, just, they just don't so unloving. But don't be hardened. Stay tender. Stay plugged in. In this church, we're coming to become a size that I can't possibly know everybody. Last week, I met a sister in the lobby. I, I never, I can't remember. I, I can't say I remember her. And I say, how long have you been in this church? She's like, I've been coming every week. <laughs> well, you can't imagine how embarrassed I am. So... But if, if you, if in this church setting, I, I want to encourage you to get plugged into small groups. Please. That's where you can get your caring. But anyways, if there's love, there's hurt. In Genesis 39, we learn that Joseph also was betrayed by his boss. Here he was working his all his energy, all his energy, and help his boss to be very successful. The Bible said God prosper him. So his boss was very, very pleased with his job. But then the wife, who actually the one who is the adulteress, tried to tried to seduce Joseph, and Joseph ran away from her, and she got mad, and she went and complained to her husband. Instead of giving Joseph the benefit of a doubt, he imprisoned Joseph. How many of you have ever been betrayed by your boss? 
There are some mean boss out there. Do I hear an amen? You know, the other day I went in a small group. I was listening to a sister. She's from the Philippines. And she was telling me about when she, the first job she got, it was from the employer who took her out to this cottage and worked her night and day. And she started to complain. She said, I didn't sign up for this. And this boss took her and put her in the car, drove her to a, not even a bus stop, just left her off in the wilderness somewhere, threw her $20 and drove away. People like that should go to jail. Can I hear an amen? amen? For those employers who are listening, you're supposed to go to jail. You do not do this to people. Amen. Can I hear? Come on. I don't like bad employers. If you can't afford properly to employ a person, then do it yourself. Don't pretend that you could afford it. I'm preaching now. I don't know why you guys are not in agreement. How many of you like to have a good employer? How many of you like to have a good boss? Come on. But how many of you have ever been betrayed by your employer? They betrayed you. They took advantage of you. They treat you like dirt. I'm thankful many of you have been mistreated by your employer, by your, by your boss, by your supervisor, and yet here you are. Still working so hard, serving. I know you have the heart of the Father. I know you have your heart of tender heart before the Father. There are people that say, you know, my boss never had my back. They don't take care of me. They don't stand up for me. My boss didn't stand up for me. Didn't recognize my contribution, my loyalty, and my hard work. I'll be working for 30 years, and then when they feel like it, they lay me off because of some few dollars. Betrayed. Betrayed by your peers at work. I used to work in, in the office. I know office politics really well. I've learned to play it just to protect myself. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> I mean, I was, a, I, you know, try to avoid... Whatever. Anyways, in Genesis chapter 40, so Joseph was betrayed by his family. He was betrayed by, by his boss, his workplace. And in Genesis chapter 40, he was betrayed by those he helped. Do you remember he was helping these two guys in the prison, try to interpret dreams for them and say, when you leave this place, remember me, I just need to get out of here. Instead, they went on the merry way, at least the one that didn't get his head cut off or whatever. Went on his merry way, totally forgot. Have you ever felt like people had forgotten about you? It's like, come on, I help you. Why did you not remember the favor I gave you? Oh, my goodness. I still feel those pains every now and then. <laughs> you know, as a pastor, you try to be generous, yeah? And I'm not going to stop being generous. To help people, I want to help people. And you know, you help people, you know, you, you help them and you help them to get a job or you help them, you know, just, just you help them, help them move or whatever. Just, just help them because you love them. And then they leave the church. You see, God still needs to heal me. Actually, I'm healed already. I, I tell you, I'm just, I just use it as a... I used to get upset when people leave church. I was telling the volunteers. They used to get really, ugh. 
But God had to heal me. Because I know there are seasons. For some, some people who come to this church, it's seasonal for them. There are some of us belong to the house. This is our home forever. We, 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 we get happy. We get sad. We get mad. We get angry. We get inspired. We get just, it's like home. You know, this is home, right? And there's some that just traveling through, right? Which is fine. Whatever it is, we want to love on them, yeah? You know, so, so there are seasonal things. Sometimes, you know, Jesus, the Word of God says that Jesus will build His church with living stones. We are all living stones. And in the house of God, there are different sides of the walls. Sometimes God says, I don't want that stone to be over there. I want that stone to be here. So Paul Koo, just relax, okay? It's not about you. So I learned that. But please don't leave. Amen. But you know, you, you've been you disappointed by those who extend gener- you, 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 you've extended generosity to them. You help them. You give them kindness. You even sacrifice for them. And they have forgotten about you. Joseph, he went from a, being a favorite son to become a slave. And to become a prisoner, forgotten, rot in jail. Stripped from his special wardrobe. Remember he had this special color wardrobe, you know. Very special, very expensive. He's the only one who has it. We all want to be the only one to have the special wardrobe. Look at me, right? But he was stripped of that. No more privileges. He was the special child. Dad always pay attention to what he says. Dad always take care of him. Now he's a slave, despised. People hated him. Treated harshly, treated like animals, humiliated. All his self-pride and confidence were now being broken pieces by pieces, chiseled away from being super special. To become a super slave. From wearing the best wardrobe to now wearing nothing. So what do you do? See, Joseph was not living in a time of grace. We are. We have the Holy Spirit. But you still have to allow the Holy Spirit to do work in you. Now before I move on, I want to say this. Interestingly, interestingly, Joseph, there was never any record of Joseph wanting ever to contemplate to have revenge on those who betrayed him. From his brothers to his masters. I mean, wouldn't you like to have one of those episodes that Joseph, you know, go back to his former, the Potiphar house and arrest that really bad woman, you know, that adulterer, and then just jail her, you know? That would be good for movies, wouldn't it? You know, she, he showed up one day in the chariot. Yeah! Oh, please! No! Revenge! <laughs> go to jail forever! And then go to his master, you know? I mean, that's, that's good for story, right? The fact is that his heart never got hardened. I just woke up a baby. In fact, his heart, listen to this, was tender towards even those who betrayed him. In Genesis chapter 42, verse 24, let me set it up. 
This is the first time he saw the people who betrayed him, sold him to become slave. The first time since he saw those people sold him to become slave. The first, the Bible says, then after he saw them, he turned away from them and wept. Look up here. It tells me that his heart is super tender, even after all the hardship and betrayal. You would not be the one who would look at your brothers and sisters whom you haven't seen and met for a long time and turn away and weep. You'd be full of rage. If it was me, without the grace of God, I would go, ha, 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 ha. You see, my dream came true. What did I tell you? Put them all in the jail. Ho, 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 ho. Let them suffer the way I suffer. But the word of God says his heart was tender. He turned himself away so he could weep. Oh, friends, it is the desire of God that our heart stay tender. In Genesis chapter 43, verse 30, the second time, they went back to Canaan and come back for more. And Gen uh, Joseph saw them, and he saw his little brother. He hurried up, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. Oh, I believe is the heart of the father, that if you have been, if your heart had been hardened through betrayals, trials, and hurt, Please don't harden your heart. I know it's a, hu a natural human defense mechanism in us to harden our hearts so that we will not be hurt again. I understand that and I fully appreciate it. But it is the Father's will to let you know that He wants your heart to be tender because He said, vengeance is mine. He will take care of it. You just stay tender and you just stay broken before the Lord and you stay very, very loving. And that, that you'll have the compassion that will drive you to tears. Genesis 42, verse 28, we learn that he gave gifts, special gifts secretly to those who betrayed him, his brothers who sold him off. Some of them, he recognized one of them would be semen. He recognized that one of them wanted to kill him, had suggested to murder him. He heard that in the pit. And yet he filled them with gifts. What a picture of Jesus. I know many of us cannot hear this. Pastor, are you telling me to give gifts to those who hurt me? This is how you and I walk in supernatural. We counter not what our emotion tells us. We counter with the love of Jesus. And that's when supernatural things can take place in our lives. That's when God can promote us supernaturally. Have you been betrayed at workplace? You ought to, you, you, you know, I know there is a reason to just, God curse those people, please. Jesus said, bless them. Don't curse them. Come on, come on, come on. Bless them. Pastor, it's so hard. It's so hard. 
I know. But ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because your destiny cannot and should not be held back by those who betrayed you. Come on. Your destiny cannot and should not ever be held back by those who betrayed you. The only way they're going to hold you back is that you hold grudges. The only way they can cage you is that you hold grudges. You cannot forgive. Friends, I would encourage you to get out of the cage that is set for you. Fly out of the cage and see from today onward, they're no longer, they're no longer holding me captive. I am free in Jesus' name from this pain, from this unforgiveness. I am free in Jesus' name. I let the Father to heal me. Is it hard? You better believe it. You better believe it's super hard to forgive. It's hard for me too. Joseph, when he was being betrayed, he did not give up in sorrow and depressions and hopelessness. You know, a lot of us, I know I've been there before. I was sharing um, a testimony a number of years ago when this church was kind of tiny, we probably have like 30 people. You know, I felt like the church, you know, I felt, and, you know, I felt that we need to go into one direction. So I announced, okay, we're going to do this. And um, I got a lot of criticism or whatever. So I, I said, you know, whatever, I'm just going to obey the Lord and, just, and we're going to do it. And then tons of people left, you know, like this, that's, that's not a whole lot of people you can lose when you only have 30, 40 people. You understand what I mean? And so, so I remember one time, one night after the Sunday that I saw quite a number of people left, I was lying down in my bed. You know, this church building, church pioneering thing just really had shaped my character. Because I remember I was lying down straight in my bed. I felt like a thousand daggers was going through my heart. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. I know my wife didn't know that because I didn't tell her and she was like, really sound asleep, just bless her. You know, I did Anyway, so I felt like a thousand daggers just pierced through my soul. And I said, Father, I can't breathe. This is too hard. I can't breathe. I, I just don't know what to do. What, what do I do? What do I do? I, I, I feel so betrayed. What do I do? I, how do I avenge myself? How do I prove to them that I'm right? Can you just bring more people to church so they can prove them wrong? You know, that's what we pray, right? Oh, God, it's so painful. And I heard the Holy Spirit said this to me. What do you want to do? You want to quit? Do you want to quit? He asked me. You can quit now if you want to. So you don't have to go through this. What do you want to do? Do you want to quit? And I thought, no, I don't want to quit. Can you imagine if I had quit? I wouldn't be standing here. You've been sitting here. Listen to me. When you're enduring the harshest moment of your life, remember, there are people waiting on the other side for you that need your victory. Amen. When you're going through the darkest moment of your life, the most painful moment of your life, you can quit. But remember, there are people Maybe a dozen, a hundred, thousands 
needing your victory. You are not going to have victory for you. You're going to have victory for them also. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Jesus didn't quit because if he had quit, if he had quit, the billions that would have benefited from his victory would have been waited for nothing and still in sorrow and sin. Every single one of you are called for greatness, not for you. It's for others. God wants you to have victory, not for you, but for others. So that when you have victory, 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 they too will enjoy your victory and benefit from your victory. So don't quit. Even if you've been betrayed a million times. I was telling the volunteer this morning, if you have been betrayed, you will feel paralyzed. If you allow this thing to just eat you alive. Paralyzed. Can't do anything. Can't do anything better. Can't move on. You probably, if you have to work, you probably just, 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 just give the minimum. The minimum. God doesn't want you to give the minimum. Because minimum is going to get you anywhere. Three people agree. You know, like, if you give minimum to your workplace, you get nothing in your workplace. You get less than minimum. You get the door. Are you here? I always tell people at council, you got to work hard. You got to show that you work hard. Not just work hard in secret, but show that you work hard. Have some fruits and results. Even if there's no fruits, at least show that you're working hard. Stay late. Go early. I gave counsel yesterday that people disagree. I said, if you have to play solitaire, do that just to stay late, to show that you work hard. <laughs> Never mind about that. <laughs> do you guys have solitaire in your workplace? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know they play solitaire? Same movement. <laughs> Amen. So, so, Joseph didn't give up in sorrow or in depression, in hopelessness. In fact, he seemed rather energized and successful in the harsh place where he was forced to harsh labor due to the betrayal that he suffered from his family, from his boss, from his peers. Because of his attitude, God granted him, listen, favor. Everybody say favor. favor. Do you realize that you're not going to see the favor of God if you have this attitude and you're like bitter and depressed? He can't show you any favor. He can, even if he wants to, because you won't be able to see you're too caught up. Too caught up in your pain. Favor could come in a red dress with a red head and pass by you and you will miss it. Because you're too focused on your pain. You're too focused on you repeating in your mind the betrayal that you endure. 
just playing, you know, my over and over and over and over. And you know that every iteration it becomes larger. Until you're completely destroyed by it. But if you do not let those betrayal eat you, you learn to forgive, you let go, you have a smile on your face, and you say, okay, I'm good. Then God is going to send favor. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 to 4, the Word of God says the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. Everybody say prosperous man. Wait a minute. He was a slave. He had no rights. How could you say he was prosperous? He was. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse, verse 3. And his master, now watch this. Saul, everybody say Saul. His master saw that the Lord was with him. Can I ask you a question? Do people see that the Lord is with you? When you're going through trials, when you're going through deep pains, when you're going through challenges in life, I call it the vicissitudes of life, you know. When the, mon the monkey wrench is being thrown at you, can people see still the Lord is with you? Man, God is with that guy. Look at, look at him, man. His wife left him. He's bankrupt. And he's still, man, the Lord is still with him. Wow. Everybody expect those people who have been betrayed to be bitter, sorrowful, and depressed. That's why they, you know, give them medicine to help them. But we are not living in the system of the world. We're living in godly system, a supernatural system, a system of the Spirit of God that is so powerful and that you do not need Prozac. You do not need, you know, I mean, if, if you've been prescribed, you know, just whatever. But I'm telling you, if you learn to forgive, if you learn to trust God, if you say, God, in sorrow, I will worship you. In betrayal, I will praise you. In sorrowful, I'll be faithful and people will see that the Lord is with you. And because he saw, the boss saw the Lord was with him, the boss promoted him. You don't need promotion by manipulation and politics. Are you here this morning? Some of us need to just really just wiggle our way out to the, the top. I've seen those people, ill, ill, the ugly. You can see that the Lord's favor was on him. And I want to encourage you. Let it be that God will prosper you and promote you because they see the Lord is with you. Everything that your hand touches, turn gold. Come on. I ask that the Lord is with you, even as you learn to forgive. 
Learn not to be held back by betrayal. Learn how not to be caged by those who offend you. Learn how to get out of that cage and forgive and fly in the grace of God. Learn that and God will prosper you and men will see and say, man, I'm going to be part of that prosperity. I'm going to have to promote him. Genesis 39, go to verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in a prison after that crazy wife, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. So check this out. So he worked really hard. God prospered him. God promoted him, and he was above his peers, enjoying this, all the trust of his master. Things were going well, and then he was back to prison. I can just imagine me as him. I don't know if I can handle it. What? What? Why? 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 It is so unfair. But that was a doorway to, for him to become the next prime minister. If you don't, he didn't see it. Of course he didn't see it, but he obeyed the Lord. I tell you, every challenges and trials is a doorway for your next promotion. Come on. Every trials, every pain, every sorrow is a doorway. God is opening it up. Look at it as a doorway. Don't look at it, oh God, why did you do that again? I was so faithful tithing. I could hear somebody say that. I was so faithful tithing, and here I am, got fired. Because some employees complain falsely about me. And I'm out of a job. Didn't you say you're going to protect me? And you become bitter against God. When I was young, I didn't learn about that. I was, uh, I was young. And uh, one day I decided, okay, I'm not only just going to do 10%. I'm just going to... I'll give everybody. That's pride, right? So I'm going to do 20%. I didn't tell anybody it's 20%, so people thought I was rich. I wasn't because it was just 20%. People being those people who count the money. You know, in some churches, right, they always just, ah, anyway. So anyway, so, you know, I, I gave 20%, and then I got fired. I got laid off. I said, what? Where is the word in this? You give and you got fired? What is this? So I remember literally sitting in my, in my apartment. I was living by myself. I sat in my apartment. I said to God, your word is not true. You're not real. I ain't going to give you a cent no more. You know, I was there. Hello. And how many know God is such a gracious God? He loves, he still loves me. And here I am, you know. <laughs> I was so bitter. I said, God, you know, like, seriously? I mean, that wasn't even a great job. I had to lose not a great job. I said, God, you're not faithful. So I turned away from God. I didn't learn that lesson. I mean, later on I found a job, but it was just, yeah, I was struggling for a few years. Now, the Holy Spirit is so amazing. If your heart is tender, 
I remember one time I was worshiping God. It has to be in a place of worship. He usually speaks to me in a place of worship, especially about giving. So I was worshiping God. And I heard the voice of Jesus. Do you love me, son? I was like, yeah, son, of course I do. What do you mean? Well, you need to trust my word. <laughs> okay, 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 I trust your word. <laughs> I have tears coming down. So I repented. I asked the Lord to forgive me. And so I, I went back. Didn't go 20%. wasn't that ambition. Just, just with 10%, you know, just tithing. And so ever since I've been, you know, tithing all till now and giving more than that now. But I, 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 I fell in that when I had a setback, I cut off my commitment. Many of us had committed to God something like tithing, for example, or some of you commit to a worship team or commit to serve as cell leaders or a home group leader. And then, boom, yesterday, uh, one of the sisters was saying when we were doing the training for new cell leaders, we have a lot of new cell leaders, and, um, you know, training for us new cell leaders, and, and, um, and, and a sister saying, you know, you watch. The devil is going to have a pushback on your life. He's going to send trouble to you. And, you know, many of us make spiritual commitment to God, and then all of a sudden, there is, we are confronted with a setback. And most people, what they'll do is say, God, you know, like, maybe not. It's too, too much trouble. But I want to encourage you. Look at Joseph's life. He was sent a setback in prison. In verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Ladies and gentlemen, doesn't matter how many setbacks you're going to face. Keep your heart tender and God, even in the midst of major setback, will show mercy to you and give you great favor in the sight of the people around you. Three amens. Still got a ton of stuff to talk about. We're going to do it next week, okay? But this week is betrayal. Some of you have put your life on hold because of betrayal. May I suggest to you not no longer put your life on hold. Get out of that. Be healed. Your season is now. It's time for you to arise in Jesus' name. Don't allow the betrayal to paralyze you. People may have walked out of your life. People may have betrayed you. Your children, your spouse, your, your parents may have abused and betrayed you. Old friends, do not allow that to paralyze you. Get out of that in Jesus' name. For this is your hour. This is your time. This is your season. Arise and shine. For the Lord has come. His glory has risen upon you. Hallelujah. It is your time. It is your hour. Betrayal is the work of the devil. He is the master of betrayal. He is the master. But God loves you so much. Even in the time when you said you have rejected him, I want you to know that he had been standing by 
calling you, waiting on you. Do you know why you're here this morning? You're not here for religious reason. You're not here by accident. You could have done one of a million things in the world, but yet you're here because you need to hear this. Your season is here. Your time has come. Arise.